Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. And I am so excited to be talking with someone whose name really needs no introduction to anybody who follows cannabis culture, cannabis history, and I might also say the history of one of the greatest rock bands of all time, The Grateful Dead. Joining us today is Trixie Garcia, the daughter of the late, great Jerry Garcia. Trixie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to, to be part of that whole introduction. What a world. What a life. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, I think my first question was, um, and by the way, just so you know, yes, I'm a big fan, obviously follow them. I'm 63 years old. So, you know, I'm age appropriate to be someone who followed the Grateful Dead since the 60s. Okay. Now I will admit I never dropped acid and became a deadhead and followed them around the country. Okay. I never did that. However, I definitely enjoyed their concerts, their music, and I still do. And it's still very much a part of my playlist. So um, that being said, what was it like being Jerry's daughter? I guess you could say it was a really long, strange trip, huh? Uh, yeah, absolutely long, strange trip and magical too. Like what a world, you know, they're bells and velvet and flowers and um, a real belief in, in all of this really cool stuff. And all of these people who, um, you know, really treated me well, you know, I, uh, so yeah, a long trip. I've seen some shit. It, it wasn't all uh, rainbows and lollipops, as they say, but but yeah, it's a uh, it's been a thing. And and my life philosophy is as long as you live to tell the story, you made it. So you're here and you made it. And I know you've got lots of stories. Um, I I want to ask you before we get into what it was like growing up and all this stuff. I, I do. I do want you to talk a little bit about what you're involved with now, because you are right. I did meet up with the bus Bertha at Cultivate in Massachusetts when the Garcia handpicked uh, announcement started to move around the Massachusetts state here. You know, we're a little late to the party in Massachusetts, California, uh, a little bit earlier. But um, I did enjoy meeting some of the people that were driving that bus and talking to them about the whole uh, handpicked movement and also Holistic Industries, the company that you've paired up with. Tell us a little bit about your business and how you've been able to integrate the history of your dad with the Holistic Industries. Uh, yeah, our, our partners at Holistic um, were, it, I had been looking for like five years for the right company. You know, we had um, been wanting to do this, but it wasn't going to hadn't found the right people. And this is a great family owned and run company. You know, they're, um, they're already, you know, experienced. They, they have their own, you know, Liberty uh, dispensary line. And, um, and then the, the culture in their company is amazing. It's something to behold. They're really like a lot of really happy people. A lot of people who have chosen a career in cannabis um, as an alternative to their like weird corporate jobs that were sucking their souls, you know, previously. So we have a lot of people that are really happy to be there. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. And then just the, the participating in something related to Jerry Garcia, I think is meaningful for a lot of people. And that um, we really respect that bond and want to, you know, 
always um, do everything with that in mind, you know, how much Jerry means to people. Absolutely. And a very special little story in, in, in Portland, Maine, where I worked for 11 years, I, I got to um, hang out and have dinner with uh, members of the, the band, the Grateful Dead, uh, Bill Kreutzmann, still involved, uh, and uh, the late Brett Midland, the keyboardist and a, and a, and a uh, publicist that was involved with you guys that was from Maine, uh, Dennis McNally. And I'll, I'll never forget walking the dog on the property at the inn by the sea where they stayed. And I'm walking my dog and I look to my right and about 15 feet away in one of the condos there, um, there's your dad doing the dishes. And it, it was just so bizarre to see him there doing the dishes. We obviously he looked up. I looked up. I saw him. I waved and he waved back and smiled. Of course, again, another great thrill for me. How many times do you remember him doing the dishes at home? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> Maybe twice. <laughs> um, I, you know, he uh, he liked to stay busy. He was like that. He was such an oddball. Um, you know, I used to dig on and be like, what kind of rock star wears, you know, sweatpants and orthopedic shoes? What's, you know, he's he was just always breaking, you know, the mold like that. He was a normal guy, you know, and that was people who live in Marin County, California, who would see Jerry, you know, around new, um, you know, just give him a wave. It's just dad going to get a chili dog at the gas station or whatever, you know, no big deal. So yeah, he, he had, he, he was like that. He was like that. He wanted to keep his hands busy too. You know, if he wasn't playing guitar, he had this energy. So he had to go do something. Fantastic. I think that's great. Um, there are dozens of celebrity brands in the cannabis space these days, you know, more and more uh, uh, athletes and uh, rock stars, even people like Martha Stewart uh, coming out of the cannabis closet and getting involved in the cannabis industry. What makes the Garcia handpicked line so special? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crowded field. And uh, I think that what we have, you know, that they don't have is, you know, I'm, I'm an active uh, cannabis, you know, community involved person. I'm today is June first. I'm putting my legally, you know, legally mandated uh, six plants in the ground today. Last year, I grew my own plants, like ten foot tall sativa plants. I got like six pounds. I smoked it all year. I'm still <laughs> smoking like my own weed that I grew. Um, hey. Saved a ton of money. <laughs> Great. Hey. You know, I mean, our, our, our Garcia weed is great, but I didn't grow that, you know. Um, maybe in the future, I'll be able to grow it. Um, but yeah, and we have the love and, and, and uh, respect of our community. The fan base is a great wealth of information. You know, part of the community was people coming and being, hey, man, look what I grew. You know, this is, this is my special uh, stash. And People have a lot of pride in their in their skills, and we get to um, bring all those people together with something else they love, which is music and Grateful Dead culture. Jerry that, Garcia brand. That, that's fantastic stuff, and um, you know it's funny. Home grow has become an issue in the rollout of legalization uh, across the country. Some states are, are allowing home grow here in Massachusetts. It's six six plants per adult. Uh, two adults per dwelling, so a total of 12 plants. And of course, 91% uh, of Americans recognize that this plant has medicinal benefits. So you've got to figure that those out there that don't necessarily use it for medicine, but use it recreationally, 
you would think that it, it would make a lot more sense to grow it at home. To me, as someone who is scared about taking on those responsibilities, I don't want to be responsible for this plant and then having it die on me. It would be it would be heartbreaking, and I'm not sure I could handle it. Okay, so that's a lot of pressure, and it's why I don't grow it at home. But I certainly respect the right to grow it. Are you amazed at how this plant has become a political issue? Uh, they, they started this, you know, they've been using cannabis prohibition as a tool of oppression and, and social control for so long. Um, now it's our turn to try and use the power and, and influence of cannabis to make some real changes, you know, and, and primarily descheduling and federal legalization. And then expungement, you know, geez, there's people still in jail for cannabis crimes. For, for possession crimes, which small, is- Small amounts, yeah, possession. Horrible. It's just horrible. And of course, I'm sure you know Steve D'Angelo and the last prisoner project and what he's done in the last few years. I think it has been great. Um, one thing about the plant, and I think you're totally going to relate to this, is it has a socialization aspect to the consumption of it. I think we've all experienced the, the group of strangers that might meet up at a rock concert and share a joint around, if you will. Um, it always has had this ability to bring people of different backgrounds together. Uh, and now we need this more than ever, don't we, Trixie? Uh, yeah, I, well, after the year of solitude <laughs> and, um, you know, and mental health uh, and all these other issues, yeah, the um, share a joint, make a friend, you know, for a long time. That's like the best thing you can do. So we will be reducing the size, you know, increasing, making the selfie joint, the little short joint, so you can share them obviously um, a little easier because these joints and our pre-rolls are, are pretty massive. <laughs> uh, well, share, I, you know, sharing, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll be sensitive to that. People are wanting the little short uh, joints. I get but, don't, yeah. Don't and, they call them, aren't they dog walker joints? Isn't that what they call them now? Like a half a gram, you go out, it's about the length of the time to walk the dog, right? Uh, right, just a couple puffs. Right. You know? And, and you know what? That, that's all you need to uh, catch yourself a little high, as my friend Jonathan Edwards would say. Um, so I know you've had lots of stories and everybody asks you to tell stories and what have you. Um, the stories that I hear, not necessarily just about cannabis uh, and, and the Grateful Dead, but so many people come up to me and said, you know, this plant has changed my life. This plant has saved my life. How many times have you heard that and how cannabis has saved their lives, or maybe the role that the Grateful Dead has played in their lives and how that's changed their lives. There is a real parallel between the power of the healing power of music and the healing power of cannabis. Um, Rick Simpson oil, you know, literally saves lives. And another way that cannabis saves lives is um, as an alternative, safer alternative to harder painkillers and, um, you know, regular self regulators and whatever method um, and financial freedom, you know, for people who can't really, you know, um, don't or don't, you know, want the freedom to, to earn their own bucks. So there's a huge value in this plant and um, we, need to, we need to keep working on uh, making it available to everybody and, and singing its praises because it's not, um, you know, it's not the evil thing that uh, they, they've been telling us it is. 
no, no, they and they, who are they to say anyway? I'm so tired to listen to they, right? Right? I mean, let's find out for real what's going on. Um, something happened this week in the news. I'm sure you've heard that Amazon, one of the largest retailers now in the world, has decided not to test their employees for cannabis. Um, this is another example of normalcy, perhaps moving in the right direction here in this country. What's your reaction when you heard that Amazon would stop testing for cannabis consumption? Thank God. You know, what a what a drag. Are you kidding? Like it's it's just the curse of cannabis that, you know, the that stays in your system for as long as it does. People are drinking themselves silly every night and there's no you know, there's no repercussions. So um, thank God. Thank God for those people who are working their asses off and deserve a little bit of um, relaxation. Um, is, you know, has professional sports done the same thing? I know professional sports is uh, lined up to do the same thing. I look forward to that. So yeah, it's, it's archaic, you know, to test for marijuana. Yeah, you, you got, um, it was the San Francisco area, correct? That uh, you guys all kind of grew up in the 60s, am I right? That San Francisco sound, is in that, I'm accurate on that. I, I think I am. Tell me I'm wrong. Am I wrong? The Bay Area, yep. The so Bay I'm Area. And they're, they're, the guys were sports fans, if I remember correctly. They liked the Giants, right? And uh, I'm getting, right? Yeah. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, uh, you know, recently the Golden State Warriors and all that. So I, I know the Bay Area is a great area uh, uh, for sports. And, um, you know, I just wonder um, what Jerry might have thought about what is going on in sports now that they're finally recognizing that opioids can kill you and, and cannabis can save you. Um, sports and music and culture and cannabis seem to be uh, leading the way in this movement. Do, do you see it that way? That's a huge, uh, that's a huge step in the right direction because obviously we know that Jerry had, you know, struggled with the opiate addiction for much of his life. And mm -hmm. if, if cannabis, you know, is, is a, you know, made available to people, um, maybe they won't step onto those harder drugs. Um, you know, that's one thing I, you know, I learned from the scene, you know, super open-minded party all the time, you know, scene, you know, the one thing I know is that hard drugs are, are a fool's game and don't fuck around with, with the white drugs, you know, psychedelics are great. You know, we we're so happy with what's going on with psychedelics and, and psilocybin, um, but don't fuck around with heroin and cocaine. Right. Absolutely, I can say that as well. Um, you're you, Jerry, you're involved with Jerry's foundation, correct? Um, the Jerry Garcia Foundation is my little sister, Keelan. And, okay. um, but we're full, we're supportive, and you know, Jerry had five daughters, four daughters, and then and then um, Ken Kesey's daughter uh, that he like essentially has adopted and, and left um, part of his estate. So so there's a bunch of us. Gotcha. What's the mission for you guys, uh, not just for Garcia handpicked and, and holistic industries, but um, just to carry on his memory? What, 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 how do you want your dad to be remembered? Uh, you know, he, he famously said that he wanted his tombstone to say competent guitarist. You know, <laughs> he was a very humble guy. So, you know, my number one job is not to screw it up. You know, he's built this beautiful kind of, you know, thing that's kind of um, 
there's a lot of subtext. There's a lot of, you know, subtle things and little nuances. Um, my job basically is to share as much as, as I can of, of the catalog and, you know, encourage stuff to come out to um, archive, you know, what I can get it all organized and collected and to, um, you know, I really felt early on, like part of my job was to help people get over their grief. You know, a lot of people are still grieving the loss of Jerry and I want them to just, you know, take all that love and passion and, and you know, give it back to yourself and enjoy your life and remember what was so beautiful in the first place that inspired you to have those feelings. That's awesome. And I know, you know, when a musician passes, needless to say, their music lives forever. And what you guys are doing, if I'm on, on top of this, um, you're actually releasing unpublished live concerts. Of course, the dead was known for their live performances. Um, what role does that play as far as your, your marketing and your merchandising? Cause when I was in the birth of bus, I was watching a concert. I, I think it was a, um, I think it was a concert from the Connecticut maybe, but, uh, Tell me about the idea about sharing more of these unpublished live concerts with the world. Uh, that, yeah, that's those are the treasures that we want to get out there. So, um, you know, negotiating with people who are the owners and caretakers, you know, everyone, there's a lot of like girding it and like hiding it away. So prying open the, the, the fingers of, um, of the past there to share all that stuff. You know, and, you know, we're trying to put out a bunch of the stuff they do with David. David Grisman is on, you know, coming out soon where he, um, there's just so much great stuff that I really, I, I just hope that everyone likes what we've chosen so far. And uh, there's so much more. So part of that, you know, we need to, part of it, you know, there's digital tape, analog tape that we need to care for and make sure we're, you know, doing the right stuff there. We have a lot of stuff in, you know, temperature controlled storage, archival stuff, all, you know, it's a whole deal. And I, you know, I, I feel so, you know, blessed to be, you know, born into this crazy scene. It's like, um, you know, like a monkhood or something like I was born into a library and I have to like, just make sure everything is in its place. And so that it's, you know, how, yeah. How do you prepare something like this for the future? I just hope that um, people continue to be touched by the music in, in the way that I've witnessed them uh, throughout my life, you know? You mentioned David Grisman, um, the old and in the way, old and in the way is one of my playlist items. Uh, I'd listened to, I think I just heard it like last week and I was saying, oh, I remember David Grisman. One thing that your dad loved to do, if, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't just competent guitar. He actually enjoyed playing some of the other uh, string instruments like, uh, was it ukulele, mandolin? What, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, banjo, dobro, yeah. uh, lap steel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was great at all of those and loved the old folk tradition, you know, mostly and some of those uh, beautiful sounds and um, a collector of great instruments. He even had a harp for some reason. We don't know if he ever played the harp, but it was in his stuff. So uh, yeah, the whole bluegrass thing is, um, is a huge tradition that he was, he was fanatical about himself. You know, he went and saw those guys play as a youth and wrote down the set list and did all the stuff that people did uh, for him when, when he was playing. So 
Um, it's a great tradition of sharing the knowledge uh, between musicians over generations and, and how this uh, American tradition carries on. And um, this is the America that we want is, is this wonderful inclusive um, version of it that was built in San Francisco in the 60s. Right. And boy, we can all learn a lesson actually from that era. Uh, we all need now more than ever to learn how to get along again. And Lord knows, uh, you know, we're trying to create this bridge between coasts here so we could take cannabis from coast to coast, Massachusetts and California. I think politically we're similarly aligned. Let's just say that being said, there's a lot of room in between. We all need to figure out a way uh, to all get along. And isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome now that you have it's 17 states now that are adult use legal. And you got to think that it's just going to be a matter of time before we finally take that next step to uh, descheduling it and finally giving it the kind of respect that I think people that have been had it, grown up with it, like, like yourself and, my, and myself, we recognize what this plant can do for people as far as enhancing their lives and their lifestyle. And now I think the rest of the world is figuring this out. Um, Trixie, what's the one thing you'd like to see happen in the world in the next, let's say, five years? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'd like to see uh, some major, con I'm, a, I'm an environmentalist. I got to see some major conservation efforts. I'd like to see, you know, all the billionaires buy up all the empty land and start planting trees on it in, in a large scale way. You know, I'd like to see more people become vegan and cut down on, uh, you know, and get electric cars and uh, stuff. Yes, you know. Well, we're moving there. We're, we're definitely getting into that. And, and, uh, and of course, hemp can play a huge role in that as well. And, and I see that hemp growing now is becoming more and more the norm now that supposedly it's a, a legal substance, even though that definition continues to be, uh, let's just say, interpreted differently. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Trixie, I so appreciate you taking the time and, and joining us here today. Uh, when it's ready to go, we'll, we'll share the link with your staff and your, and your people, as they say. Uh, they were very professional, and uh, I really enjoyed meeting the, the Birth of Bus group that was in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts, Cultivate, when they visited here. And I hope one day you and I will get to, uh, to share. We'll, 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 we'll share. You know what I'm saying? We'll share. And uh, I think that's a, the, the thing about this plant that we all love, right? That's it. Smoke one for me. That you got it. And yes. just remember, one thing I, this is how I end my podcast. I, and I say this honestly, thank you again for coming on, is it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. That'll do it for another edition of Jimmy Young's In the Weeds. We'll see you next time. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area, now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, I'm Ben Shower, New England rep for Salient Video Management Systems. Let me tell you what makes us different in the security space. We're your trusted advisors for all your security needs. I know how complicated the regulations are in cannabis, and working with Salient Systems will be the polar opposite of that. 
I give free consultations and we'll walk you through every step of the process so that you can get what you need at the price you can afford. We're robust, we're simple and scalable. We're Salient Systems, your solutions to all your security needs. Please contact me at the information below and I'm looking forward to being your trusted advisor. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.